Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is Monday, the 10th of October at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is Mental Health Day. Thank you. I hope everybody's had a uh, a really good weekend. This is a statutory holiday here across Canada. It is Thanksgiving Day. And just uh, a shout out to all my fellow Canadians. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed your, your family and, and your friends over this long weekend. And it is the World Mental Health Day, October the 10th. And I've talked about this before. And time and time again, that it does not hurt to come out here and talk about it. It does not hurt to talk about mental health on a regular day basis. And we don't talk about it enough. You yourself, me, probably knows somebody that has a mental health condition. Family, friends, co-workers, even your neighbor. And we talk about the stigma about mental health. Now just imagine that you or someone you know is dealing with a mental health issue and has an added stressor. They are also dealing with stigma and stigma presents a serious obstacle to people who are facing mental health injuries stigma affects people when they are ill when they seek treatment and when they are recuperating and what is stigma stigma considered a mark of shame disgrace, disapproval from others, as well as directed towards oneself. Stigma is a form of discrimination that many people with mental health issues struggle with. Self-stigma occurs when an individual internalizes negative attitudes about their mental health, resulting in acceptance of poor treatment by others and negative coping strategies, secrecy, and withdraw. 
imagine for a moment that you have that label. How's it going to make you feel when you get diagnosed with some sort of mental illness? And the impact on stigma, people struggling with a mental health issues often suffer because of stigma and consequently they may feel rejected by family, friends, colleagues, and the community as a whole. Stigma has a negative, a negative, a negative impact on people with mental health issues in the following ways. Less likely to seek treatment, are often not employed or underemployed. Discrimination in the workplace prevents them from reaching their full professional and or personal potential goals. Diminished self-worth, increased isolation and hopelessness. Family members are also impacted with stigma by association. So then we think that the family members also have a mental illness when that may not even be the case. Five steps to stop stigma for the persons with mental health issues. Well, we need to talk about it. Mental Health Day, Mental Health Day worldwide, as it is today. And we start with our media, our, our, our immediate, in our intimate circles of family and friends, and describe what it's like to have a mental health issue and the impact that it has on you. You know, people for us and for anybody, I mean, who's not struggling with a mental issue And how we feel about if, if someone that we know that is and struggling with a mental illness. How it impacts us mentally. And What do we do? How do we feel? We can feel helpless because we don't know how to help them. We don't understand why they have these issues.
So we have to be aware of the language that we use. Words have meaning and reflect attitudes and beliefs. Be careful of the language you use that may self-stigmatize. If you speak of yourself in a po in positive terms, you are setting an example for others to do the same. Normalize mental health. I'll talk about mental health using an analogy to to physical health. If if you have a broken leg, you seek treatment. The same goes for mental health issues. It's useful to create a comparison between physical illness and a mental health issue. And each requires treatment and support. Thank you for joining me, Mr. It is Mental Health Day <clears throat> around the world. Also today is Canada's Thanksgiving. Now, of course, you've been on my show before. Of course, you've heard me talk about um, mental, uh, mental health, mental, mental health awareness, and that, and it doesn't, <clears throat> and it doesn't hurt to talk about it, um, even though, even if it's not Mental Health Day. So these, these five steps to stop the stigma for persons with mental health issues. <clears throat> Step number four, seek support and treatment. Because most people who struggle with mental health require some sort of support and or treatment. Reach out to a trusted friend or family member to help you find the services that you need if you are feeling overwhelmed. It would also help to have someone to be accountable to, to ensure that you are getting the help you deserve. So all the, all the resources that we have available to us, you know, starting with a doctor. Become a, uh, a mental health champion because there's no better way to learn about the personal impact of, of mental of mental health issues than to describe your own lived experiences. Discussing your treatment and recovery can provide hope for others. Because <clears throat> so. To stop the stigma, you know, for friends, family, and your colleagues. And the same thing goes, you know, talking about it. Be aware of the language and 
And of course, again, educate yourself. Include others, because inclusion counteracts the shame and embarrassment that many people with mental health experience, including people in family, workplace, and or in the community. An activity goes a long way to bridging that gap. And again, the same with, um, excuse me, with the stigma of helping others become a mental health champion. You know, throughout the course of the pandemic, it hasn't been, it hasn't been easy on anybody. And for those, and for those people who do have a mental health illness, imagine all the stressors they're under already. And then going through this pandemic. make it a lot harder for them to cope. And we more than likely know somebody who has a mental health issue. And of course, I didn't silence my phone like I'm supposed to before I started a show. How dare I? There, now it's muted. Thank you for coming on the show. People are coming on my show this morning. Mental Health Day around the world. World Mental Health Day 2022. You know, while the pandemic has and continues to take its toll on our mental health, the ability to the ability to reconnect through the World Mental Health Day 2022 will provide us with an opportunity to rekindle our efforts to protect and, and to improve mental health. Many aspects of mental health have been challenged and already before the pandemic in 2019, an estimated one in eight people globally were living with a mental disorder at the same time, the services, skills, and funding available for mental health remain in short supply and fall far below what is needed, especially in low and middle income countries. You know, throughout the course of, the, uh, of this pandemic, um, you know, and with the healthcare here in Canada, um, 
it really opened up a lot of problems that we're having um, in our healthcare system here in Canada. Our shortage of beds, our shortage of nursing. Throughout the pandemic, I mean, you, you, you could get um, help if, if people really knew where to get it in, 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 in through the pandemic when you could not go to the doctor's office. You know, we have telehealth. And, you know, it was surprising to me when I talk about, you know, mental health with, with, with uh, other people and stuff like that. They, they tend to forget that, oh, we, do, we have telehealth. Yeah, you can call and you can talk to a professional. Free of charge. You know, our hospitals and, and, and today, you know, for, for a wait time, It's getting to be over 20 hours in our emergency room departments. We have emergency room departments in small towns having to close for the night because they don't have staff. You know, and we look at and we look at our our, our nurses who've been on the front line and who's always been there for us and who's always been on the front line pre-pandemic. And the stress and the anxiety that they've been under and more so throughout this pandemic. The burnout rate is has never been so high. Then everybody gets frustrated because you, you, you go to the hospital and hours go by and you still haven't seen a doctor. And that can be frustrating for a lot of people. What they're recommending people do if you are seeking treatment at a hospital. Or you're thinking about going to the hospital, you know, these days, you know, give yourself you know, an assessment of why you think you need to go to the emergency room. The wait is so long at our hospitals that the, uh, the paramedics, when they, when they change shifts and the other uh, paramedics come in, 
during the day, they're, they're exchanging shifts again at night and they still have the same patient because they haven't even seen a doctor. Nurses are off work because of all the stressors they have been under. It's a real challenging time, you know, in our, in our Ontario government, you know, is trying to free up hospital beds. And for those who are in hospital for a long-term care, the government now is moving these patients who need long-term care into a long-term facility, which in those long-term facilities, they don't have any beds anyway. So what happens with that is that the patient is given five choices of where they want to be moved to, what long-term care. If they don't get their first choice, they get their second, third, fourth, or fifth. And that could mean that they could be moved far away. Within a 45-mile range here in southern Ontario and in northern Ontario, it'd be 90-mile radius because they don't get their first choice. And if these patients refuse any of the second, third, fourth, or fifth choices, they can be charged $400 a day to stay in hospital. Something that you know, the government here in Ontario, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, is they really never did anything about them, about the uh, the hospital bed situations. For decades, we had cutbacks in our health care. Over the decades, and even our premier of Ontario said this has been going on for decades. And it has been going on for decades, but it's never been, it's never been this bad when it comes waiting for a bed, waiting to be seen in the hospital. And it's just not people coming in with serious injuries or or whatever the case may be. People are coming in there because they have a cough. There's many other ways of seeking treatment here too here in Canada and in like in the United States, we have walk-in clinics. For non-serious situations, they're asking people to seek other alternatives. And by going to a walk-in, a walk-in clinic or calling, or calling um, the health line, telehealth, 
And now imagine, you know, you're seeking treatment because of a mental illness. You don't have a family doctor. There's there's something and something like an estimated like three million Canadians do not have a doctor. Do not have a family doctor. Three million Canadians do not have a family doctor. So they're going and using the emergency departments as though to seek for, for them to seek whatever treatment they're seeking because they don't have a family doctor and really not utilizing any other resources that we have. And it's really putting a strain on the hospitals, on the staff of the hospitals. It's tying up our emergency services. Wait times to, you know, people who are experiencing experiencing mental health issues, you know, not only do they may not have a family doctor, where are they going to get the referrals from? Who are they going to go talk to? The COVID-19 pandemic has created a global crisis for mental health. Fueling short and long-term stresses and undermining the mental health of millions. Estimates put the rise on both anxiety and depressive disorders at more than 25% during the first year of the pandemic. At the same time, mental health services have been severely disrupted and the treatment gap for mental health conditions has widened. And the growing social and economical inadequacies, protracted conflict, violence, and public health emergencies affect the populations. And it's threatening progress towards improved well-being. A staggering 84 million people worldwide were forcibly displaced during 2021. And we must deepen the value in the commitment we give to mental health as individuals, communities, the governments. And match that value with more commitment, engagement and investment by all stakeholders across all sectors. And we must strengthen our mental health care so that the full spectrum of mental health needs is met through a community-based network of accessibilities, affordable and quality services and supports. And the stigma and discriminations continue to be a barrier in the social inclusion. And access to the right care. Importantly, we can all play our part in increasing awareness about 
which preventative mental health interventions work and world and the world mental health day is an opportunity to do that collectively we need to envision a world in which mental health is valued promoted and protected where everyone has an equal opportunity to to enjoy mental health and to exercise their human rights and where everyone can access the mental health care that they need. It could be months for people who are seeking help. It could be months for that, that, that wait time to get in to see a psychiatrist. And we're going, and they're going through this crisis. You know how important it is for the family members. They're trying to get help. For a family member who has a mental illness. We can only offer our support. We're not specialists. And to look for the resources to help that family member or friend. You know, and and with you know, the shortage of doctors, like I said, something estimated around 3 million Canadians don't have a family doctor. So they're going to utilize the emergency department to seek help for them. Telehealth, walk-in clinics, Because you have to be assessed. You have to get that prognosis. Maybe we suspect someone that we know that may have or is or has a mental illness to get them the help that they need. You know, because things do um, 
can become a crisis for people who with a mental health issue. Even the small things to them is a crisis. To us, it's not because we're not experiencing what they are. We can we feel helpless because we don't know how to help them. Mental health refers to the cognitive, behavioral, and emotional well-being. It's about how people think, feel, and behave. People sometimes use the term mental health to mean the absence of a mental disorder. And mental health can affect our daily living, our living relationships, and our physical health. Factors in people's lives, the interpersonal connections and the physical factors can contribute to mental ill health. Looking after mental health can preserve a person's ability to enjoy life. Doing this involves balancing life activities, responsibilities, and efforts to achieve psychological resilience. Stress, depression, anxiety can all affect mental health and disrupt a person's routine. Now stress, we all get stressed about something. People who, you know, are on a low income, people who are on a, a disability, or people who are on um, welfare, and the stresses that 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 brings to them, you know, when it comes to, you know, worrying about paying rent, keeping the lights on keeping the food on the table. And the stressors that is bringing in right now with the cost of living. The food prices. People want a low or fixed income take home less in groceries than than they did before. And now they will have to resort to a food bank. And that's going to add to their stress. Maybe they'll feel embarrassed, maybe they'll feel ashamed. It was a last resort. They didn't even want to do that. But they have to because children and yourselves have to eat. And the anxiety that bring that, that will bring on. 
and what it's bringing on with people, people today who are struggling. You know, although the the health professionals often use the term mental health, doctors recognize that many psychological disorders have physical roots. The The World Health Organization states that mental health is more than just the absence of mental disorders or disabilities. Peak mental health is not only about managing active conditions, but also looking after ongoing wellness and happiness. It also emphasizes on preventing and restoring mental health um, is crucial individually and as a community and as a society. In the United States, the National Alliance on Mental Illness estimates that almost one in five adults experience mental health problems each year. In 2020, an estimated 14.2 million adults in the United States, or about 5.6%, had a serious psychological condition, according to the National Institute of Mental Health. Canada is no different. You know, they talk about, you know, when it comes to stress and like we all, we all get stressed about something and we might have, you know, a certain level of anxiety, you know, because of the stress, you know, and it can, and it, and it can relate back to, uh, right back to the home and work. But then, you know, people, you know, bipolar. And then, you know, people who might have other issues. And not being able to cognitively. Think like you or I. So stress, I mean, I get stressed. You know, I drive a transport on a daily basis. Well, except today because it's Thanksgiving Day here in Canada. But tomorrow when I go to work, I mean, I get I get stressed from, from driving. I get stressed what's going on out there. And I get stressed because, you know, I'm not you know, getting offloaded or I'm not getting loaded quick enough and stuff like that. And I got other, you know, places to go to, you know, around the city and stuff like that. And then, you know, there's times that I'm thinking about why am I getting stressed out about this? Because, you know, I'm not solving anything. You know, you probably get, you might get stressed out at work yourself. Or you might get stressed out what's going on around around the house. 
then add then add a mental illness on top of that. You know, with 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 you know, with you or me, we may not have we may not have a mental illness. And even sometimes we, 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 you know, we're, we can't figure out why we're getting stressed. And then every single day you wake up, you go to work, you're stressed. You're driving to work, you're stressed. You're coming home, you're stressed. But you don't have a mental illness. Everyday life. We'll get stressed about something. People with a mental illness, they're stressed and they have an anxiety. So I think it's important to talk about mental health, whether it's mental health day worldwide, or maybe, you know, uh, your city you live in, they, they, they have a certain day that they, you know, let's talk about it, you know, um, I think it's important to talk about it. I really do. And the continuous social and economic pressure, having limited financial means or belonging to a marginalized or or, uh, persecuted ethnic group can increase the risk of mental health disorders. And 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 I mentioned about financial. And of course, the marginalized ethnic groups. The researchers also describe flexible, modifiable, and inflexible, non modifiable factors that affect the availability and the quality of mental health treatment for certain groups. Modifiable factors for mental health disorders include the society, economic uh, conditions such as whether work is available in that local area, occupation, person's level of social involvement, education, housing, quality, gender, non-modifiable factors include gender, age, your ethnics, nationality. And the the researchers found that being female increased the risk of low mental health status by nearly four times. People with a weak economic status also scored highest for mental health conditions in this study. Childhood adversity. 
support that adverse childhood experiences such as child abuse, parental loss, parental separation, and parental illness significantly affect a, a growing child's mental and physical health. There's also association between childhood abuse and other adverse events with various psychotic disorders. And these experiences also make people vulnerable to post-traumatic stress disorder. And the biological factors that genetic family history can increase the likelihood of mental health conditions as specific genes and gene variants put a person at a higher risk. Now, however, many of these factors contribute to the development of these disorders. And having a gene associated with mental health disorder goes not guarantee that a condition will develop. Likewise, people without related genes or a family history of mental illness can still have mental health issues. But when we talk about stigma, and we talk about association, so somebody in your family has a mental health condition, but the parents don't, other siblings don't, but when, when stigma comes into effect, then we associate the parents and the other siblings in the household that they also too have have a mental health business and that may not even be the case types of mental health disorders specific mental disorders are grouped together due to features they have in common some types of mental illnesses are as follows anxiety disorder mood disorders, schizophrenia disorders. Anxiety disorders, according to the Anxiety and Depression Association, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness. People with these conditions have severe fear or anxiety related to certain objects or situations. And most people with an anxiety disorder try to avoid exposure to whatever triggers their anxiety. Below are some examples of anxiety disorders. So generalizing anxiety disorders involves excessive worry or fear that disrupts everyday living. People also may experience physical symptoms, restlessness, fatigue, poor concentration, tense muscles, interrupted sleep. And a bout of anxiety symptoms does not necessarily need a specific trigger just imagine you know you know they experience excessive anxiety when encountering everyday situations that 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 do not pose a direct danger maybe the anxiety in crowds they just can't, they just, all of a sudden, they just, everybody's surrounding them and everybody's in their space and everybody's in their face. Maybe would trigger an anxiety attack.
people have panic disorders. And people with panic disorders experience a regular panic attacks involving sudden or overwhelming terror or a sense of intimate disaster or death. Social phobias or simple phobias, these may involve a uh, disproportionate fear of specific objects, scenarios, or animals, a fear of spiders is a typical one. Social phobia, sometimes known as social anxiety, there's a fear of being subject to the judgment of others. People with social phobia often constrict their exposure to social environments. You know, people, you know, the mood disorders such as major depression, bipolar disorder, seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, reduced daylight during the fall, winter, and early spring months triggers this type of major depression. It is most common in countries far from the equator. Well, here in Canada, United States, northern parts of the United States, the Northwest. You know, I guess we learn something, you know, we learn something new every day. And, and you know, this, you know, I've never heard uh, of, of this disorder, seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD. You know, I, I think, you know, Daylight savings time, you know, we turn the clocks back an hour, we move the clocks forward or an hour and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I just don't like it. Right. But people, you know, with this condition, this disorder, this is, this is a serious thing. Schizophrenia disorders. It often refers to a spectrum of disorders characterized by psychotic features and other severe symptoms. Early signs. of our mental health or mental illness. People should look out for the following as a possible signs of mental health disorder. Withdrawing from friends, family, and colleagues, avoiding activities they would normally enjoy, sleeping too much or too little, eating too much or too little, feeling hopeless, having consistently low energy, 
using mood-altering substances, including alcohol and nicotine, more frequently. Displaying negative emotions, being confused. Have you ever noticed any of these that I just mentioned and maybe somebody that you know, a friend, a relative, a co-worker? Maybe a neighbor that you maybe just say hi to, you maybe chat here and there and stuff like that. Now all of a sudden you're not seeing them as often as you did. Displaying negative emotions, being confused, being unable to complete daily tasks such as getting to work or cooking a meal, having persistent thoughts or memories that reappear regularly, thinking of causing physical harm to themselves or others, hearing voices, experiencing delusions. The diagnosis of these things, I mean, this is, you know, for us, you know, we can't because we're not a doctor. And that's has to be the first step of helping somebody. is starting with a doctor because they're going to begin by looking at the person's medical history and performing a thorough physical exam to rule out physical conditions or issues that may be causing the symptoms. And of course, your doctor will also maybe want to do a psychological evaluation. Physiotherapy or talking therapies. There is treatment. There is help. And as friends and family members and as co-workers, there is no shame for seeking help. And for us to, to, you know, to talk to them about it. Maybe yourself or, or somebody you know, maybe have tried to talk to somebody and stuff like that and they don't want to talk about it right away. But you know, if you know the person and you start to see changes in their activity 
throughout the days and weeks and months, you know there might be something wrong. But they also may, people who are experiencing any of these signs that I, I, I mentioned, you know, they may have or feeling They may have that feeling of a shame. They'll have that self stigma. So They may not want to talk about it. The impact of stigma and people struggling with a mental health issue offer suffer because of stigma and they may feel rejected by family, friends, colleagues, in the compute in the community as a whole. And stigma does have a negative impact on people with mental health issues, less likely to seek treatment, are often not employed or underemployed. Discrimination in the workplace, diminished self worth, family members also impacted by the stigma by association. And this is why it's so important to educate ourselves. If you have a family member, a friend or a colleague who struggles with mental health, educate yourself on that particular condition to learn about the onset, the duration, the treatments, etc. Let them know that you care enough about them that you want to learn more. We have access to the internet. And by talking about this with you, I'm educating myself. just basically about mental illness. Do I know somebody that has a mental illness? Yes, I do. And I'm sure you do too. And also include others. Inclusion counteracts the shame and the embarrassment that people with mental health experience, including people in the family, the workplace, and the community. It 
And if you can, become a mental health champion. Become an advocate for others by participating in the, in the workplace or community-based mental health initiatives. Champion wellness by being a good role model of what is required to maintain positive mental health. Just having, you know, today, October the 10th, is World Mental Health Day. But it doesn't stop here. Every day should be Mental Health Day. For every, for every one of us. So I want to thank you for coming out this morning here on October the 10th, Monday. It is a statutory holiday here in Canada. It is Thanksgiving Day. So happy Thanksgiving to my fellow Canadians. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I will be back out here next weekend as I return back to work tomorrow because I'm off today because it is, like I said, Thanksgiving here in Canada. This is the Truckers Podcast. FYI, I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Take care.